0: I have some of my friends, those who are very uh, conservative, and I usually see them as, um, you know, uh, uh, bad people, but after sitting down with them, I see them, not all of them even, uh, they're conservative, and uh, they they don't even support everything that uh, on the platform of the Republican. And, uh, you know, and uh, I see some of my, uh, um, you know, conservative, they are not even racist, you know, not every conservative, they're racist. So, and that's what I learned from people and, uh, you know, because I have that assumption before, you know, uh, all all Democrats, they are just talking, they don't do anything. Some conservative, they wanna get things done. But after sitting down with some dialogue, it has really changed my point of view. And uh, I think I've been really um, uh, having, you know, a, a good privilege to have the connection with different people within the state, outside of the state, the conference that I've attended. You know, uh, my network has really helped me. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the 50 Cups of Coffee podcast. I am your host, Bobby Audley. This is a show where I have coffee and conversation with some of the best leaders in the world and we talk about culture and connection. This particular episode is truly one of a kind as I sit down with Obala Obala. If you do not live in Austin, Minnesota, you've probably never heard of Obala before, but he is truly a rising star. Obala is a refugee from Ethiopia, where he witnessed mass killings that took the lives of his uncle and hundreds of others. He survived a two-week walk across treacherous terrain, which he talks about in this episode, to reach a refugee camp in Kenya. After essentially growing up in this refugee camp for 10 years, he came to America. On this episode, we talk about what is it like to grow up in a refugee camp. I specifically ask him to paint that picture for us. And we talk about his leadership today in his adopted home state of Minnesota. This is another conversation I had on the heels of the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, and it was particularly informative because Obala lives in Austin, Minnesota, which is not far from Minneapolis. Obala and I know each other because he served as the president of Lead MN, which is an organization that works to ensure accessible, quality, and affordable public higher education in the state of Minnesota. In my work as a leadership trainer for Men, I have met many refugees who now call Minnesota home, and these folks are consistently some of the hardest-working, most grateful, hungriest-for-success people that I have ever met or worked with. They are truly the best of America, and Obala embodies this. I'm choosing to drop this episode today because when we spoke, Obala was in the middle of his first campaign for public office as a member of the city council for Austin, Minnesota, And just a few days ago, it was confirmed that he won that seat. This has earned Obala well-deserved national attention, including on NPR's highly acclaimed show 1A. Right now we are all, it seems like, in this daily dialogue about the presidential race. And and I believe we should be. I am unapologetic about my political opinions. I love to have good political conversation. I don't believe that if you disagree with me, that's that's wrong or bad, or we should avoid talking. I think on the contrary, it means we should talk more, and not so that I can share my opinion, but so that I can hear yours and, and you can hear mine, and we can have a conversation and a dialogue about it. And and with that being said, you know, my candidate. It won this race. I have been a, a Joe Biden candidate for for many years. I, I am I am politically a moderate, and I and I truly believe he he is a just leader to lead us during this time. And I believe he won legitimately, as has been confirmed by several credible, reputable, and trustworthy sources on both sides of the aisle. And while while I say that the presidential election took center stage as it always does during a presidential election year, and I truly believe. The real work of politics that impacts you the most and me the most and all of us the most happens at the local level. The politicians we should be holding up on a pedestal, honoring and aspiring to be like are the ones like Obala Obala, a man who escaped a genocide, grew up in a refugee camp, made it to America, is choosing America as his home and is choosing to make that home better than he found it. That is the America I am proud of, and this episode is Obala's story if you are enjoying our show please hit subscribe wherever you are listening leave us a rating and a review i read every single review that comes in i love reading them and i appreciate it greatly for now please enjoy my cup of coffee with Obala. Obala.
0: I was, I was born in Ethiopia, I, or, um, Ethiopia is my homeland, uh, that is um, um, uh, in Africa and uh, I grew up in Ethiopia and then uh, I flee my country uh, in the year 2003 um, after uh, genocide that took place in my own village and um, within 24 hours uh, more than uh, 424 people have been killed. Uh, within six hours, I mean, and uh, including my uncle, and then within that uh, period of time, our houses, every everything in the village has been burned down. So we have to flee uh, from Ethiopia to the uh, neighboring country. Um, we had to walk um, in most of African continent. Uh, there's no cars, so we have to walk for almost two weeks. Um, uh, barefooted, I did not have issues. I was only nine and um, until we reached to the border of South Sudan. So, and then from there, that's that's where we, we get help and uh, we um, flee again from there to uh, Kenya. And then I grew up in a refugee camp in Kenya uh, for almost a decade. So I lived my whole life um, 10 years, uh, more than uh, 11 years in a refugee camp before we get the opportunity to come to America. So um, living in a refugee is always not going back home, but uh, looking forward uh, to, to go uh, ahead of you, which is like um, you either go to uh, America, Australia, or European countries. So that's how it is. And then um, uh, in 2008, uh, we, we got our resettlement, but because of the process, it took us another eight years. And then finally, uh, 2013, we got, uh, 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 we we have being approved to come to America, so I I I've been to America now almost. I've been in America for almost um uh, since 2013. I first settled in Maryland, um, and then uh, we live in uh, Silver Spring, and then also Riverdale in Maryland. Uh, for those who know that area, and then um and then I moved from there to South Dakota. And then from South Dakota, I finished my high school, and then uh, I moved to Minnesota. And now here I am in Minnesota. So that is a short history of my bio. Uh,
1: I love it. Um, I'd love to know, I've never gotten a chance to ask you this. Um, What is it like, so you said you were in a refugee, you grew up in a refugee camp in Kenya. Um, What is that like for, for someone who's never been there? Like what? What, is it, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What, what is your day-to-day? What is it like to grow up in a refugee camp?
0: That's a good question. So life in a refugee is more understood by uh, someone who is an uh, adult. But as a kid, growing up in a refugee camp, uh, life is just like the other day. The biggest thing that keeps uh, me and my peers and my other friends tight is soccer like um, uh, handball mid soccer is not a, a real soccer. It's like today you play soccer, tomorrow you play soccer, you go to school, you eat, you don't eat, you just pray tomorrow will be another day. So if we, the refugee camp that we are in is very hot. It's like more than 100 degree hot, it's like hot. And um, uh, uh, we don't have enough water so so the 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 UNFCR will, will we have like um uh, uh food distribution that will only come uh twice a month and then it's giving to you best on your family household so that's how it is so and then it's it's just giving you to you know push through the day so and then uh once you run out uh you run out you just have to stay maybe a week without ever not eating anything three days four days and uh so you have to be a uh, real conservative uh, 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 in a refugee camp whereby you only have to eat that small thing. So water sometime, uh, uh, the pipe will will not, uh, will, 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 will cut and there will be no any water. So, and then um, if you run out, you just have to wait until whenever it come back. So, and um, for me as a kid, it was really difficult because um, we always, uh, I will ask my mom, when, when will we like go back? Because in my home, in my home country, we have like a lot of river. We like, we, it's raining, uh, it's raining every day. You know, uh, we have farmers, you know, we have like cattle. you know, all those, you know, domestic animals that we survive on and we aren't, but uh, in a refugee camp, you cannot do that, you know? So we only survive based on what the UNCR give us. So that's the life. So we're always praying. So, in a refugee camp, if you're not a religious, you, you will just become a religious. Um, and then you just have to pray there's God and tomorrow will be a better day. So, because you don't know what will happen
1: tomorrow. Yeah. And you were, so you were nine years old when you left Ethiopia, when you fled Ethiopia. Um, and you mentioned, you know, wanting to go back. Were you, were you, when, you when you look back at yourself at that age, did you have any real understanding of what you were fleeing or like you said, was just day to day? Because you're talking if you were nine when you left, you're going through really your formative years during this time of transition. Were you aware of what was going on or you were just kind of like just going day to day, playing soccer, trusting your parents sort of thing?
0: yeah i was i was really aware um as a young man at nine age uh i think your brain is already uh equipped with some other stuff so i'm really aware um i'm aware with what happened i'm aware because um through that journey i have seen dead bodies i have seen uh what happened i've seen our house being burned down i have seen my uncle being uh slaughtered in front of us so it's just an anger like uh, i i i rather die um in uh, in my country where I can eat instead of dying here of hunger because um, uh, back home I don't have to worry about anything to eat because uh, my my mom we have a, a, a big farm uh, we have we can go fish um, uh, uh, we we can go you know um, you know uh, gather some fruit uh, in the forest that we eat but there we are. We are in a camp whereby you cannot even step outside of the camp. You are just there in that circle for all, like our, all, like all your life. So you cannot go outside of the camp. You cannot just walk out of the camp. You know the 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 people will bring you back. You are not supposed to leave in the camp. It's like you're you know stuck in that area. So it's just a frustration is that. I'd rather go back, mom, if you will allow me, uh, because I know, and then my mom will, still, will, will tell me, you are the target, because the genocide that happened in my country, they are targeting male, uh, the, you know, all, all boys, men, all those stuff, educated people, because um, what they're trying to do to get rid of all the educated people so they don't, they don't advocate uh, for what is going on. So I am a target already if I go back. So I know I will be killed. But I'd rather die there instead of die of hunger, like, seeing, like, uh, starving every day. So that was, like, a frustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Do you still have a desire to go back?
0: Uh, no. Uh, I think um, fleeing my country has really opened my eye. I become an activist at a young age. When I was in the Dadaab camp, I, I started, uh, uh, you know, speaking up uh, uh, for my people uh, because I didn't know what was happening like because it, this thing is called land grabbing even happening our land being sold while we are there uh uh to foreigners so other people investing in our land we don't get we don't get the um uh everything that's going on so and then i uh, we start speaking up and then i didn't know before the reason why we're being killed but in refugee my eye opened and then coming to America, my eye open, and see now I start speaking up. So I don't have a desire because if I go back, I'm a target already, and uh, the government of Ethiopia do- doesn't want anyone criticizing the government. So I have a lot of my friends who went back. Uh, some of them being killed. Some of them uh, are being arrested. Especially they left from America here. They've been killed. They're being arrested, and. Uh, I know if I go back, I will go back as a US citizen, I'm a citizen now, and uh, if I'm going back, I will go back with a uh, big protection and also uh, knowing that I'm going there, not as a Stopian citizen, but an American citizen, so maybe that one thing will protect me, and um, I have a desire to go back, to build a school, you know, to help some project, you know, because. Uh, school is what is lacking we don't have a school you know uh as uh, as when i was very young um uh, i i see my other friends and i we have to walk like 5 miles to go to school uh barefoot so there's no school built next to our area so and that is uh one thing i one day um, after I finish everything, I will build a project every village to have a little school because when you're educated, your eye open and you also, you can give back to the community.
1: Mm-hmm. And so now you are in Austin, Minnesota, which is how I've met you uh, through Lead MN, correct? That's the name of the organization that we've been, it changed names while we've been working with it. Um, and uh, are you still with Lead MN, Lead MN in any capacity or no?
0: Yes, I am. I am. I, I, I am. Uh, I'm still the president of Liedermen. I have okay. uh, almost how many days today? I have 29 days as a president uh, because my term ends July 1st, and then I will end over my leadership to the next leadership. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm currently still- Are you graduating
1: Liedermen. as well?
0: So I will graduate in December with my bachelor degree. So uh, in, uh, in, in social work. So, and- um, and then I will be done with the school and then I want to continue with my master.
1: What do you want to get your master's in? Uh,
0: I actually, I, I want to get my master in um, student affair uh, um, okay. uh, uh, in college so, so that I can uh, help uh, you know, um, college student because I yeah. am really uh, interesting in that area.
1: Talk about some of the work you've done with LeadMN um, that has been most impactful.
0: Oh, well, uh, seeing I've been a leader, Ben, I think we, uh, me and other student leaders, we really push for, um, you know, uh, uh, equity, uh, which is um, we've been advocating um, for, um, you know, student um, um, who are being impacted by uh, food insecurity. We've been advocating for, um, you know, the cost of, uh, you know, um, of tuition in Minnesota. Uh, we've been advocating for the high cost of textbook uh, in general, and we've been advocating for a transfer pathway, some students. But one thing that really took me to lead them in was uh, to fight hunger at college. So that was uh, one thing that uh, get me to lead them in because a lot of students uh, are really being impacted by food insecurity, and uh, they, uh, they never speak up because of the stigma around it. So I think that is one of my biggest accomplishments at man. And uh, we passed a legislator that require every uh, two year community college to have a food pantry or a food distribution. It's an act now in Minnesota. So, and wow. then so far we have almost 16 uh, out of, 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 of 30 colleges are um, uh, hun- college hunger free. So they are being designated as a hunger free college. So, and we have more coming up. So my goal is to get every community college to have a food pantry on their campus. And so far we have more than 25 uh, campuses who have established a uh, food pantry.
1: That's incredible. I, uh, when was that passed? Uh, it was passed uh, last year. Okay. Because I, I think um, when we, I remember my first, you know, leadership event with you and uh, your group. The, the real conversation was about uh, textbook affordability. And, and I believe you passed something yep, related yep. to that.
0: You passed something like that, yep.
1: And then, and then the second year, it was, it was hunger. And, uh, and so this is my update, because I don't know if I knew that, that you guys passed that to, to make sure there's a food pantry at every college and, and uh, colleges can be, can be can, uh, what do you call it, deemed hunger free. So that's awesome, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, so now you are, so you're going in your master's program in student affairs and you are running for uh, uh, city council in Austin, Minnesota. What is your platform? What are you promising to the community?
0: Uh, I think my, my platform um, is what I've uh, been seeing so far is we don't have enough housing. So housing is an issue uh, in Austin. So we need more affordable housing, and we need more uh, because Austin is getting bigger and is getting diverse, and uh, the housing we have here is not enough, and uh, that's why I'm, you know, advocating to have more housing in Austin to connect with other business uh, partner to, you know, to uh, build more housing and also the one which is already to be renovated because they are very old, and then my second uh, issue that I'm advocating on is daycare. Um, I will be a father. Uh, in two months in one month I believe so, I did know that
1: I apologize yeah. for not congratulating uh, you. Uh, honestly yeah. Obala there's been a lot that happened since we last saw <laughs> each know. other uh, you know, are okay. you married or engaged now I'm or, engaged or, I'm engaged you're to. Engaged. you're uh, gonna be a father you're graduating running for city council I can't keep up with you
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on yeah 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 so the daycare is a big issue and uh, especially in Austin here um, we have a lot of single mothers we have a lot of uh, uh, immigrant community those who are here they, we don't have enough daycare um, the waiting line is is uh, for a family to be admitted in a daycare is very long so and then I see that is issue is, is a big issue within I have' seen a lot of uh, family you know um, you know uh, sharing their concern about daycare so that's one thing I w- I'm really I will be advocating on, and then the other thing is uh, bring more jobs. Austin is a growing, and the only company that um, you know employ people is Ormel and QPP. So uh, we don't we we used to have mall before. The mall is burned is it, it, is is being taken away uh, 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 because of their, you know some business or something. So it's basically our young folks they. Uh, they don't work in Austin. They work in every city like Rochester, I believe. So uh, I, we need more jobs. I think my idea is, is to bring job, more job in Austin, uh, keep the people of Austin here, have them work here. Because um, as what we are seeing now, according to a study that being done, uh, 69% of uh, Austin, they don't work in Austin you know, they work out of the city. So their job is not within the often. So, and uh, only 18%, those who, who are here, other travel, you know, 15 miles to 30 miles, other people work in the city. So we don't need that. So Meaning, um, meaning the Twin Cities? Is that what you mean by the city?
1: Yeah, yeah Twin <laughs> Cities. Which is like an hour and a half away, you said?
0: Yeah, hour and a half away. So yeah. that's, that is, and then the other thing is, um the last one is, you know, um, uh, having more youth, engagement you know bringing youth uh to local uh governments or having them involved and you know and uh, uh, you know
1: uh helping them out and working with the youth so
0: that's those are my four
1: and how did you get to austin so you told us you know you went from ethiopia to was it south sudan sudan then kenya then maryland then then south dakota and then yes minneapolis or minnesota but How'd you end up in Austin? Like, well, you mentioned there's a large immigrant population. Is that maybe it's two different answers? I'm asking you how you got there, but I'm also curious why there's such a large immigrant population.
0: Yeah, uh, it was interesting because when we moved when we when we when we moved from Maryland, um, we had a cousin who lived in Austin here already. So my main reason to move from Maryland is to go to school. So when I went to uh, uh, when we moved here, my mom moved to Austin uh, with, uh, with my cousin, and then she got a house apartment here. And then um, when I get done uh, with, my, uh, with my high school, and then I was gonna go to a different college, but um, my mom and I, we are really connected. So my mom, she, she doesn't speak uh, English, and she need my support. And then I decided I have to come back to Austin and help my mom, and you know be close to my mom so that I can help her out. So that's the reason I moved to Austin. And um, I I visit I visit Austin before I graduate on my midterm, and then after that I I fell in love with the town and um, and. I did not have any other uh, place to go because the one thing I want to get close to my mom and help my mom out and also Riverland Community College uh, was here and then that's what pulled me in. And then now. Yeah. I'm-
1: okay. And you are, you know, what sparked, uh, I've been thinking about, Reaching out to you anyways to have a conversation. I think it's uh, you know fascinating, awesome that you're running for city council. And um, but obviously now you know you're an hour and a half north of, of Minneapolis, where uh, the death of George Floyd occurred, where 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 the the riots started. Um, and I, I saw. A post you'd put on Facebook about it um, and that's what sparked me reaching out. So what is your, what is your, as someone who's running for public office uh, and holds a public office with Lead um, what is your reaction to everything that's going on right now?
0: Yeah, um, uh, Mr. Uh, J. Boyd has really, you know, uh, break um, my heart and um, most of um, uh, people out there, not only uh, uh, in the United States or not only in Minneapolis, I think it's really uh something you know uh, i I cannot even bring my thought together so when I watched the video uh it was actually it's still going live like it was still going live uh when when people start sharing that so I was like what's oh wow. what? you
1: saw it yeah as a live video yeah
0: i saw i saw I saw that as live video because one of my friends who live in that area uh just Um, uh, posted and shared with me right away so and he was still begging for his life he was like I'm like and then I follow like everything until then I was like oh my god so it's really really heartbreaking and uh it took me like almost two days you know I, I I was I was like what did I just watch and then this Flash me back with, you know, everything that happened to my life as a young age or when I see a uh, dead body, you know, because, you know, before all of the um, the people being killed by the the, the police, like uh, Hamed uh, and also other people, I just saw it like something passed already. But this one, it showed me on the spot. Like, it's the same day, I saw it on the same day. I saw it at the same as it happening. And I'm like, this is crazy. So as someone who... Who is, who is black and also is like is a target also, and I'm like, will I be next? And then um, the next day, I'm like, what should I do? So there's a few questions that I I, I ask myself, and uh, one thing really triggered me is that I put my post out, and then my other other friends. They, uh, you know, and family member, they just text me right away. They're like, uh, we think you should not start posting anything. Now, you know, you're running for, for city council. People will come after you. And then I look at myself, I took my post down. And then the second day, um,
1: They were concerned for your safety or for your election?
0: They are concerned of my election. They're like, you're still raising up. So you, you, you're not, don't take a stand or anything. Just, just be low now. So I'm like, I'm like, uh, I think I need to speak up. So the, 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 the second day of, of, of protest, I just post, um, I just share the post of every protest because I see everyone, you know, from uh, all race standing up for, for that, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, what happened to, uh, to Floyd. And I'm like, I think I don't, I don't care if, if, I, if I will not get elected or how the people of Athens will view me uh, in a different way. But I need to speak up because I don't know, I might be next. So and then I start posting that and then I post that and then and then when I post that, I got a lot of, you know, feedback from people. So it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. I, I start calling some of my friends in the Twin City. Hey, be safe. You know, and I was going to go for the protest, but uh, the same uh, those day period, I have to work um, at the hospital. And then I'm like and then all this weekend now I've been off and then I just been processing like how is thing going on and it had been really heartbreaking so um and i saw a group of kids here in austin uh who are like hey can we do something and then i'm like i'm down for it you know and then that's why we started um to plan for a practice here uh in austin
1: yeah yeah well let me ask you this question since you are um so close to you know where minneapolis where a lot of the Protests and riots and looting, three different things are happening. Um, and, you know, certainly businesses are being destroyed. I live near Baltimore, D.C., as you know, former Silver Spring. Um, and so there is a, um, you know, I, I posted, where's my phone? I posted this image, this this quote, that, that basically was kind of making the point of um, people are now starting to be, angered by, more angered by the rioting than by the death. So it said, um, stop saying it's horrible that an innocent black man was killed, but destroying property has to stop. Instead say it's horrible properties being destroyed, but killing innocent black men has to stop. And even posting that I've gotten criticism from, from people that I know because uh, they think I'm condoning the the, the rioting and the destruction of property. Um, so what is your, you know, response to that? Especially, you know, let's say you organize or, or you have, things, I don't know if any rioting has happened in Austin, but, um, you know, I know you're connected to Minneapolis. That's where Lita Men is based, where we would always connect. So what is your response to kind of that dichotomy of, of we understand the anger and, but there are people who are now angry about the, the destruction of property
0: i support i really supported like the peaceful protests and uh you know and uh and marching and doing all that and uh and then i think people people are uh hungry they are very mad everyone is frustrated with what happened everyone is like they don't know what will happen so even though um the initial protest was planned to be peaceful some people you know, hijack. You know, hijack the protest and turn it into something else. Because I was following like every video live, like every Facebook live from friends who were in front line uh, in Minneapolis. And then I saw the first uh, when the autozone being smashed down and then being burned down before even they go to start looting the target. So, and then some other people posted before they're like oh, they burned down their art zone and something like that. You know, people were mad. But, and then w- when I reached like, uh, like uh, when it is almost like midnight, uh, some, some evidence came out again, say uh, showing that the people who start the, the protest, they're the one who start looting, you know? And then I, Evan, I, I have all the video. I have the video, the screenshot, you know, with the guy who, who was a police. He's like, he wear up, like he dressed in a police. He has like a, the goggle. Those are very expensive. And, uh, and he, the one who starts smashing the window, you know, and uh, is, is starting like, and then when people saw that, you know, when you see something, you're already mad. And then you see like someone, what, what are you going to do? Okay. Someone started already. And then people start doing the same thing. He was confronted by uh, a black dude. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then he tried to, you know, to fight with them. And then after that, he walked away. So, and then after that, they, this keep going on. So I, I really, um, I was really uh, mad that happened that way. I was really, uh, I felt bad about that happened that way, but when you are frustrated, you don't know what you can control. That's, that's the biggest thing. Because when you are mad at something, you don't know what you, you don't know. It's like in a fight. When you are in a fight with someone, you don't know what you're going to hit it with. You will not be like, okay, now I'm fighting with you. I will only hit you on your back. I will only hit you on your left eye. You know, that will not happen. People are hungry. People are mad frustrated but they're just looking for something out uh something to you know uh put their frustration on it uh, But 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 overall like it has been twisted it has been twisted and everything blame people now they are not concerned about the death of uh uh, uh uh floyd and they are now concerned about you know um uh, the looting of target target is a big corporate you know they don't even care about that you know uh they that's that's not even something for them so when i see i get hungry i'm like people you have to calm down imagine that is your brother imagine that is your sister imagine that's 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 your relative you know for the those people who say oh people should not uh allude or do anything you can't control it especially if you're caught up within that and um and blame being blamed on the people, so I was really mad and um, i it it was frustrating and uh, I, I, again, I still reach out to my uh, friends, uh please do not you know destroy uh, uh those uh those businesses, do not destroy those local businesses and it turned out the people who 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 have done all those you know they are doing it for purpose, you know they are not even a part of 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 the protest.
1: Yeah, no, it's incredibly true. I mean, like you said, you know, it seems for the most part it's, it's agitators. It's, it's, it's people who, or even if it is people part of the protest, you said it's people at the end of the rope. It's people who are frustrated. It's people who are, who are pissed off and, 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 uh, and that doesn't excuse it. It doesn't condone it. It does say, I do believe, like you said, you know, the root of this is, is another individual who who was murdered and, and, I think we were mad about that for about two days, and now it seems like everybody's mad about the rioting. And to say that we shouldn't be mad about the rioting is not condoning it. It's just saying let's keep the focus and the attention on the root of the problem. Let's not, let's not put a bandaid on the, the impact, right? If you have a wound on your body, don't just clean up the blood, uh, fix the, fix the root of the wound, uh, and make sure it doesn't get injured again. And, and that's what this is. We're, we're, we're getting, we're getting distracted by the, the root the riots and the looting instead of saying like, let's see their anger. Let's see their frustration. Let's hear them out. And, and let's make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, and I do believe why we're having conversations like this is because people wanna make sure that that is where we keep the message focused on. Um, and it's a, it's a balance, it's a balance. I know I'm trying to strike the balance myself. I empathize with you, someone who's running for public office seeking to strike the balance because you can be very easily characterized as someone who is condoning uh, the riots and the looting. And if someone wants to beat you politically, they could, they could do that. So I, I honor and respect you for still deciding to stand up for what you believe in, because you'll also get support that way too. There are going to be people in Austin who maybe are, are, are hungry for a candidate like you. I don't live in Austin. I'm nowhere near it. I couldn't even point it out on a map. So this is not like a, a political puff piece for you, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm sure people are hungry for a candidate like yourself to come in with, a, with the passion and energy you have to speak to, to your community like
0: that. Yeah, so th- I think the other thing that I will add is just as a, uh, as a black uh, person in America, I think uh, there's no right way uh, to protest. There's no right way that other people will view as a, as a, as a positive way. I know like people are protesting um, uh, during pandemic. And uh, I know here in, uh, in my state of Minnesota, people protesting uh, for a haircut, you know, right. people, people, and they are not being condemned or anything. They're like, oh, they're they're speaking their right. They're they're speaking their, their that's the freedom. Well, of in
1: Michigan, head. there were there were folks that uh, uh, brought weapons yep. into the Capitol to mm-hmm. protest the shutdown, and that was defended. Certainly, there were people that were against that, but that was defended as wow, that just they're just really pissed off, you know. And yes, they didn't destroy anything, but they they were they were a threat. They brought weapons into a a public space and and you're 100 percent right people look at that and not everybody but it does seem the national dialogue was okay with that and the national dialogue is not okay with this
0: yeah because i i've been in this uh, i've been in this country for almost six years and uh, i know some years back people people go riot like evan for winning a super bowl you know like what happened in the previous year sure like like, uh (laughs) down the street because of winning super bowl of losing a super bowl and uh they no one even put it outside there and you know condemn them and be like but when it comes to you know um uh someone's life is lost and uh we i see why those people uh not showing you know uh, sympathy for, you know, for what happened and uh, go on their own way. Um, I think it's, it's really, um, um, you know, devastating to see that. But um, it's, it's a matter of time. I think um, the people who are, uh, uh, people are saying enough is enough. And this is not only uh, the people of color. Uh, this is like everyone, those who care about every race, everyone is saying enough is enough. And uh, the system needs to change. Um, the system need to uh, do something about you know the people of color and also the uh, the black community so and then um, that 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 is the biggest thing that I'm seeing and uh, until everyone stand up and say, this is where I can speak and this is where i I can uh, share my voice um, and then we unite together and uh, you know and have like the same common goal so that we get because it has been more than four hundred years. And um, uh, black people been suffering um, uh, on police brutality, and uh, we cannot wait another four hundred years. It's just the time is now to speak up, and the time is now to address the system, and the time is now for everyone, those who, who are against the, the 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 police brutality, to speak up. So that is the biggest message I I tell um everyone here in Austin when I join the protest. I'm like, this is our town, I love this town, I love this city, I love the people, and please don't destroy your own business because uh, I'm already a refugee. I I run out from my own country uh, because my house is being burned down. I don't wanna be a refugee in America uh, because my apartment is being burned down and my uh, local business is being burned down. Let protest, let uh, 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 share our voice, and then that voice will bring justice and let not destroy anything. So uh, and that was really sending a uh, great message, and uh, the protest in Austin was peaceful, and nothing happened.
1: So you, uh, like you said, you've been in this country since two thousand thirteen. Have you experienced racism in America that that is unique to your American experience here?
0: Yeah, well, well, mine, my, I actually, I, I, it's, it's, it's really d- d- difficult. I, it's not like a, like I usually like. Keep it to myself. I I just I just feel like sometimes it's worthy talking about it. Sometimes it's not worthy talking about it. Um, I get some stuff uh, for no reason, and um, and uh, thank God I haven't not get any ticket because I use my voice in a good way. I I exercise my right in a good way, and so I mostly um, uh, not get the ticket. But this the this, this, there's some that i i, I went through uh, is uh especially uh with my first year year in america um i got like some i got called out for something that even is not there just because of my skin color um, mm-hmm. but i i i i don't uh you know uh push back because you i have to think first like what is the intention of this person and uh and and because those happen in a year that I'm still new in the country. I don't know what is going on. I just uh, because I fear. I fear for myself. I fear for my life. And uh, and I fear of what could I say and what would be you know. And I just sit back and. Uh, but now I as someone who I've already have more knowledge about the country. Uh, have knowledge about what is happening and I know uh, what is wrong. What is right. So I know where to go and um, or and where not to go. I think I'm not going to keep silent anymore. And, um, and my being in this, in such position and being involved in the community has really helped me, uh, in most of the time.
1: Yeah. I got one more question for you. Um, the, uh, the theme of the podcast is 50 cups of coffee. And so I ask every, which as you know, um, is uh, just about connection it's about conversation it's about dialogue the analogy is sitting down for a cup of coffee uh, sitting down to chat and just learn about each other and so I always ask the guests to share a 50 cups of coffee story what I mean by that is a story where because of a connection because of sitting down to chat with someone maybe you learned something that changed how you think maybe it provided an opportunity for you that you wouldn't have had otherwise uh, or maybe it just gave you just a a story something you took away from it. so do you have a a fifty cups of coffee story that you can share with us.
0: Yes, um, uh, this is one one thing I learned from Isaac. Is one of his uh, slogan. Isaac, a former uh, leader and president, and then he always say connection matter. Make make your connection matter. And um, I I have sit down with some of my friends, and um, because um, those who have different political view, and uh, because once you sit down with someone and learn from them and knew about them learn about their background you know there will be that connection among you so i have uh some of my friends all uh before they view me as a, i'm a i'm a democrat and uh even if i i'm not a citizen before they already put me in one of political uh uh you know side and then uh, i have some of my friends those who are very uh conservative and i usually see them as um you know uh bad people but after sitting down with them i see them not all of them even uh, they're conservative and uh, they they don't even support everything that uh on the platform of the republican and uh you know and uh, i see some of my uh um you know conservative they are not even racist you know not every conservative they are racist so and that's what i learned from people and uh you know because I have that assumption before, you know, uh, all, all Democrats, they are just talking. They don't do anything. Some conservative, they want to get things done. But after sitting down with some dialogue, it has really changed my point of view. And uh, I think I've been really um, uh, having, you know, a, a good privilege to have the connection with different people within the state, outside of the state, the conference that I've attended. You know, uh, my network has really helped me. And uh, with everything I do, I get support from the people that I, I don't even think they will support me, you know, but uh, because of they heard about my story, they knew about me. And then, you know, they've been supporting me everywhere. Some people, they haven't not even met me before. So, and that is the good thing about connection.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't resonate with you more that, um, you know, politically, especially, we get divided based on labels. And I think we've gotten to a point in our in our in our country, from my experience, I, I try not to make grand statements on this podcast because they're only my experience and my opinion. But um, but we've gotten to a point I believe where we avoid conflict and confrontation. We don't talk politics. We don't talk religion. We don't talk uh, beliefs. Uh, we try not to have opinions because we don't want to rub people the wrong way or piss them off or get into a, or get into a fighting match. And the reality is, um, I have three really, really good friends, Mark, Matt, and John. You've heard me make the joke before. It's not biblical. Those are their real names. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the, we as friends have, are, are very close. And part of why I believe we're very close is we have had some intense disagreements. Uh, we have a group text and my friend John texted us a couple days ago and said, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm missing our, our living room debates until three in the morning right now. Because during times like this, we would sit down and we would debate and we would argue, we would challenge each other. Uh, we would get heated because we have disagreements. And we'd, at the end of it, we'd give a hug and the next morning we'd go to breakfast together. Like it, we never, it made our friendship closer not further apart. And I see too many people that avoid those discussions, those conversations, those disagreements. Uh, They see someone who's a Democrat like yourself, and they they make assumptions about what that means. You see someone who's a Republican, you make assumptions about what that means. Um, I just had a call with a college soccer team and we do a session every week about leadership. And and I, I started it by saying, listen, I, I, am not going to go through the PowerPoint. I'm not going to do my scripted program here. Cause, cause uh, we got too much real stuff to talk about. And um, one of the players uh, in reflecting on the state of current affairs was crying, saying how it's difficult to not criticize leadership in this country right now, because you're afraid to rub people the wrong way. when, she made the point, like, why am I not allowed to even, let's take our president, for example, why can't I criticize him? That doesn't mean I'm, again that doesn't mean i'm not a republican that doesn't mean i'm a democrat that doesn't mean i I, am criticizing every action the individual has ever taken it means right now i disagree with how he's responding to the crisis and you're allowed to disagree with me and give me a counter and say no i disagree this is why i appreciate his leadership but we've gotten to a point where we can't even voice that and when i you know very well you've been twice through our trainings um we encourage high standards. We encourage accountability. We encourage people to speak up. We encourage conflict. And so I made that point to this team. I said, listen, you know, you've been through our stuff. Um, I talk about conflict when it comes to, you know, calling a teammate out for not showing up to practice. The same is true now, like real life conflict. If you're having a disagreement with a teammate, have that conversation. Um, and that's for me, you know, with this podcast, 50 Cups of Coffee, as I think about it, at its core, what it's really about. That's what it's about. And I'm so glad that that's your, that's your story of, of 50 Cups of Coffee is is sitting down with people of different beliefs and different backgrounds. And I'm getting to know you uh, and, and and learning more about you and your story and your journey. Uh, I think, you know, you and I probably met in what, 2015 or 16 or something like that. Um, and I, I had no clue that just three years prior, you know, you were in a refugee camp, um, and so uh, it just our connection has taught me so much. So I think uh, it's just uh, I, you know, I, I can't I can't overplay it uh, that just connecting and talking and, and conversing right now and, and disagreeing and is I think the most important thing we need to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you, thank you so much, uh, Bobby. Uh, it's, it's it's been really a great journey, and um, I I think. If not this is this is I keep telling everyone a leader and that's why we've been we've been pushing all the time to keep uh the um uh your leadership um uh training uh you know uh if not because of um the training I took from you uh, 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 uh your your training the heart of a leader, I think mm-hmm. I could not even be where I am today because um I joined Leadermen with no idea. Like I'm nervous. I I don't have that self confident enough. Like uh, and then when I went through that training, i feel like I'm ready to be the vice president. I'm I'm also ready to be the next president of Leadermen. Uh, and that was really something really motivated me. And then uh, it teach me how to you know connect with people. Teach me how to be nice with people. It's teach me how to put yourself in someone's shoes. You know, because the overall of you know of leadership, your leadership is really. I even still have my you know my bracelet. Yeah, energy is everything. Hey, know, look at that from from yeah. three years ago. So it's just um, I feel like like there's a lot of opportunity outside. there connecting with people, and uh, if not because of leadermen, I could have not known you, and I could have not know uh, you know uh, your, your your other friend. And uh, I think it's Brian. it's really yeah. something. I'm so grateful for um, to be like part of this like podcast. I've never been uh, on a podcast before. I just listen for my class, but now guess what? I'm on it already. So that's right.
1: That's right. Well, you're on it because uh, because I I I love your story. I love your journey. I love how even in the refugee camp you were an activist and you were you were fighting for what you believed in and and now you, you moved to minnesota and you 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 fought for for textbook affordability you fought for uh food for students and 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 now you're running for city council uh it it uh, it warms me every time you you give you give a shout out to our training and how it's impacted your world and helped you be a leader because I just think you are uh, just a phenomenal example of a leader. So uh, it means a lot that, that we could play a small role in that. So thank you for, for hopping on here, for sharing. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. When's election day for you guys? November 3rd. Okay, so it's November third. That's a good point. I'm thinking we just today is a primary day for Maryland, so everything's oh. all. yeah, yeah. I was thinking of that, but okay, so November third. All right, yep. I'll be thinking about
0: you. Yep, absolutely. So um, I we have I have uh, a challenger now. So uh, someone. So today is the last day to file. So I just have to check uh, today if we will have a primary or not. Because if we if uh, one other person will file today, we'll have a primary in August. But if there's no um, someone filed will be two of us to go to the uh, general election so and then so far now we are two and uh, I'm changing my you know strategy of campaign so I have a good team very good team and uh, I'm ready for this so it will be a beautiful campaign and um, I will be respectful to my um, opponent and also you know let the um, the people of Austin decide um, who has um, a good idea to represent the city Yeah, I love it
1: I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, I know you gotta go, you busy man. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. It's good to see your face via this platform and uh, uh, excited to share this. Thank you, It's good to see you too, yeah. Awesome, be well. And uh, and uh, congratulations to you and your growing family.
0: Yep, growing family, yeah. Very exciting, Thank you.
1: good luck. Yeah. All right, Bye. take care. Thank you for listening to the 50 Cups of Coffee podcast. We are in the home stretch of season one, only a handful of episodes left before we take our holiday break. At this point, we are being listened to in almost every state in the US and nine countries, and we are approaching 10,000 downloads by the end of the season. I am so appreciative of the support and excitement in season one. And if you would like to help us continue to grow, please, 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 please take one minute to hit subscribe wherever you are listening, rate the show, and leave us a short review. It doesn't have to always be a rave review. I feel like people, unless they can give it five stars and say, this is the best thing I've ever listened to, don't want to leave a review. Or if you absolutely hate it, people don't want uh, to leave a review. And I'd ask you, leave a review. It is how podcasts work. It is how we grow. It doesn't have to be a five-star review. However you feel about the show or whatever you want to say about the show, it means the world to me. If you've listened so far through, through 26 episodes, taking one minute to just, just subscribe, leave a rating, review would be tremendously helpful. Our theme music for this show and art is by Matisse Soy. Until next time, stay connected.